and um, the Lord just prompted me this morning about another verse in the same chapter. I didn't realize it was even the same chapter, um, but it's also in Psalm 42. And um, it says uh, in verse 5, it says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And uh, the Lord just started prompting me just meditating on this verse. And it's interesting uh, the way that it's written. It says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And you know that, uh, that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And this is the psalmist uh, talking to his soul, uh, which is interesting. You know, he's telling his soul, here's how you need to straighten up. Uh, and you have no business being cast down. Why, uh, he said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? You know, sometimes you need to speak to your soul and say, you know, what's, what's, up? what's up? You know, why are you sad? Why are you depressed? Uh, and address the issues because sometimes in, in our lives we forget that, that uh, uh, our souls are not who we are. Uh, our souls are what we have. Uh, and it's an expression of, uh, of our emotions and our thoughts. But uh, we are spirit beings. Uh, and our souls are not what defines us. Our spirit beings is what defines us, especially if you're born again, then you're made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, and so sometimes you have to tell your soul, what's up? Talk to your soul. You know, I talk to my soul, talk to my body. What's up? You know, you can't have any pains. Uh, in fact, uh, my, my right elbow was bothering me earlier this week. You know, we're not having that. You're not having a, you know, whatever this is, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, but we're not having it. So I spoke to it and it uh, and it went away. The pain went away. So uh, but, but uh, especially in the mental realm, you know, uh, there and we have taught about uh, having a, a, a biblical mental health. Uh, and, uh, you know, I may have to go back and readdress it at some point because it's been several years since we taught that. Uh, but. Uh, just because you think something or just because you feel something doesn't make it so. It's just uh, it's just something that maybe your emotions are dealing with, maybe your thoughts are dealing with. But you are a spirit and you get to choose what you think and you get to choose how you feel. Now, the world will tell you that's not so. Uh, many people in a medical profession will tell you not so. But the Bible tells you that it is so, that you are a spirit and your spirit is a control of your life. And, and so there are times when you have to ask your soul, what's up? Why are you cast down? Uh, and, you know, if you'll ask that question, uh, you'll get an answer, right? Well, you know, I got my feelings hurt or because they said something. And, you know, it may be a real thing that happened. So we're not diminishing the real events that occur in our lives. But we have decided by faith that, that uh, our circumstances and our experiences don't dictate uh, how we feel and how we think. Uh, how we feel and how we think is dictated, number one, by the word of God and by the Spirit of God, and by our spirits in that order. Uh, and, uh, and if we can live that way, it's a great place to live, amen? doesn't mean that you don't have to deal with things, because clearly the psalmist was dealing with something right here. Why are thou cast down on my soul? And he said, I will hope in God. In fact, he told his soul, you hope in God. Hope thou in God. Put your hope in God. Uh, so in this situation, the reason why his, his soul was cast down, because his soul had lost hope in the Lord. Uh, you ever lost hope in the Lord? Not that you backslidden and, and you forsook God, but you think there's no way out. Even God can't get me out of this. Uh, and what do you have to do? Tell your soul to hope thou in God uh, and straighten up. 
Uh, and uh, I, the Lord just really prompted me this verse, and, and I just think it's a great verse to, for you to speak to your own soul uh, because a lot of times I've observed that when people get things in their soul and their thought life and their emotions, that they think that's who they are and they feel like there's no, no alternative than to ride that bus until the end of the track there, to ride it to the end of that, to whatever that is, right? Uh, and um, if it's going to take them a day or a week or a month, a year, I've heard many people say, well, I'm working on it. You ever, you ever said that? I'm working on it. Uh, and it's just a decision. It's not really something that you have to work on. It's just a decision, right? Do you want fries with that? Would you like ketchup on that? Do you want double pickles? Uh, you know, for Jared, that's an a- absolute no, right? He, he hates pickles. So, uh, But it's just a decision. Hope thou in God. So if, if he's telling his soul to hope thou in God, that means he has control of what his soul feels like. Uh, that means he can choose whether, to, whether his soul is downcast or not. So I just think it's a great, uh, uh, a great encouraging word there. Uh, because I know a lot of people struggle with emotional uh, problems, just not that they're, you know, they need to be on lithium or anything like that. Just, you know, being happy on a regular basis, being stable on a regular basis, thinking good thoughts on a regular basis. Um, and the psalmist said here, um, I'm going to tell my soul how to act. I'm going to tell my soul what it's supposed to hope in uh, and not just let it do what it wants to do. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes you've got to, you know, Jerk the slack out of your own soul, amen, uh, and tell it what to think. Tell it how to feel, amen. Uh, and so uh, I don't know if I, if I can convey how big this verse has been for me just this week, and I don't usually have a lot of problems in my soul, uh, but it, just, it was just a, a confirmation of uh, I'm going to live by faith and not live by my emotions. I'm going to live by faith and not by my thought life. I'm going to live by what the Word of God says and what the Spirit of God says and not by uh, what my circumstances tell me. Amen. So uh, praise God. Uh, hopefully you're, you're as encouraged as I was about that verse, but uh, it's a great verse. Amen. Uh, well, let's stand and greet each, other, uh, greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get into praise and worship. Mercy, Father, we thank you for being so good to us, always watching over us, always granting us revelation and insight by your Spirit. We thank you for the faith that you've given to us. Father, you said that you've given us all things richly to enjoy. Father, we thank you for these things. You're so good and merciful, so kind and patient. You show so much long-suffering with us, your people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. All praise and honor goes to you, Father. All glory and power and might and dominion, Father, be unto you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Miss Debbie and Monty, really unusual for me. I, I don't like to talk to visitors and the first time they show up, I don't want to terrify them and scare them about things. You know. I was traveling in town this morning. I was out of town this weekend. And on the way here to the church, the Lord spoke to me. He said, there'll be two visitors at church today, a man and a woman. And I want you to speak to them when they get here. Uh, if it's okay, I'd like to pray for you too. If, if 
if you're okay with that, if you'll come up here, I'd like to pray for you. And just, usually the Lord just gives you a word or two, you know, in these things, and you have to walk for us about by faith. Amen. Uh, and so, thank you, Father. The Lord would say to you that this is a confirmation of things that you've prayed about even this week. And that times and seasons and adjustments and changes right now that you are in the perfect lane that he's called you to the race that he's called you to from before the foundation of the world that in the lane that you're in now adjustments have been made and things will go quickly and smoothly and great increase will be had and great joy will be had so just know that this is a confirmation of things you've been believing for and praying for and all will be well Father, we thank you for the call of God upon these people. Father, we thank you for all that's in their heart that you will accomplish, Father, and anoint and strengthen, Father, and equip in the name of Jesus. Thank you. thank you for being so good to us. Our words are never sufficient, Father, to tell you how thankful we are, how much we appreciate you, how big you, you live on the inside of us, Father, and how great and wonderful and mighty you are in our lives. Father, we thank you. You're precious to us, Father. In the name of Jesus, you're so good. And worthy, Father. And so, Father, we do exalt you. Because you are worthy, Father. As the writer of the book of Revelation said, is anyone worthy? In fact, tears were shed because they looked around and found no one worthy. And the Lamb of God showed up and said, I am worthy. And so, Father, we thank you that you alone are worthy. Father, when mankind looked around and saw their own sin, saw the need for redemption, Father, our hearts would cry out, was anyone worthy to pay for our sins? No one on earth was found worthy. No man was found worthy, Father. No matter how good we've been, no one was found worthy. And then you showed up. You showed up, you said, in the fullness of time. In the perfect time, you showed up. And paid for our sins. Paid for our redemption. You alone are worthy, Father. We thank you for that, Father. We give you all praise and honor and glory for these things. We thank you for them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? We appreciate his goodness and kindness. Amen. We just thank the Lord for speaking to us. Amen.
You know, anymore nowadays, so many people in the church think it's odd that God speaks to you, you know. <laughs> I think it'd be odd if he didn't say anything to you, you know. I think, you know, I mean, it'd be really odd for, you know, he says that, uh, that he dwells in us, right, uh, and that uh, he would come in and dwell with us and sup with us, right, if we open the door. Wouldn't it be really odd if you had a visitor come knock on your door, come in your house, sit down, never say a word to you? It'd get really uncomfortable really quick, wouldn't it? Be like, you know, I mean, you, uh, in fact, I remember years ago, I was interviewing, interviewing this lady for a job that uh, she wanted. And um, so I asked her a question. I said, you know, well, you know, just kind of breaking the ice, you know, and, and uh, well, you know, tell me why, why you're looking to have this particular job. And this is how she answered me. You know, it got really awkward really quick. I mean, she did not answer the question. I thought, well, is that, is that like a trick question or something? I mean, was I, I wasn't trying to be tricky with her. And, uh, and, and that was the high point of the, the uh, uh, interview. It went downhill from there. So <laughs> I told my boss, You've got, you cannot hire this, this person. He hired her anyway. But, uh, uh, and then we ended up having to fire her. Uh, that's another whole discussion right there. But, uh, and so <laughs> it was really odd. Wouldn't it be odd if someone came into your house and, never, and sat down on your chair and looked at you and never said a word? It'd be, the tension would rise really quick, wouldn't it, right? Uh, I, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine one, one time. He goes to the church of first doubt and unbelief. Uh, and um, uh, he doesn't believe, you know, he believes in salvation. Actually, he believes there's a good shot at salvation, right? You won't know until you get to the pearly gates, you know, and Peter either lets you in or doesn't let you in. So even, you don't even guarantee salvation. But, uh, but he does believe the Holy Spirit, if you are saved, will come into your heart. I said, so he, he's in your, yeah, yeah, he's in your, Well, uh, what's he there for? Does he speak to you? No. Does he show you things to come? No. Does he give you a revelation? No. I said, so what's he doing? And, well, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, well, I mean, my Bible says that, uh, that he, will, he, he will lead us and guide us in all truth and show us things to come. Amen. Uh, and so we have been talking about not fainting. And, and the New Testament actually has a lot of things to say about fainting. And if it has a lot of things to say about fainting, why do you reckon it has a lot of things to say about that? Because people are fainting, right? That's, you know, I believe the Lord emphasized certain topics in the Word of God, that those are things that we need to look at and, and, and uh, observe and to study out and find out what's going on. And um, he just reminded me about this verse. We'd already talked about this, but, uh, you know, he brought this up again as I was, as going through my notes uh, over in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, where Jesus said, and he spake a, miracle, uh, he spake a parable unto them, to this, men that, to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And so one of the ways, and probably the best way, to not faint, and fainting means to just quit, give it up, you know, I'm not going to go any further. You ever, you ever said, I've had it up to here, right? I can't take it anymore. Uh, well, you're right at the edge of fainting there, right? Uh, and um, uh, does the love of God live on the inside of you? What does Romans 5, 5 say? Love of God is shed abroad where? In your hearts. By who? By the Holy Spirit, right? So you have the love of God in you. That means you have agape love, the God kind of love in you. Well, how capable is that love? How powerful is that love? How able is that love to stand in the midst of all circumstances? Does it ever run out? Does it, does it ever can't take it anymore? No. So, the, so uh, the love of God has infinite capacity in your life, right? I mean, if it's living on the inside of you, which the Bible says it is, Right now, you have infinite capacity to deal with all the affairs of life because of the love of God. 
Now, either that's true or it's not true. It's true. Now, we may not allow that to, to happen in our lives, but it's still true, amen? Uh, and so Jesus said one way to avoid fainting is to pray. Now, a lot of times when people are praying before they faint, they start begging and pleading God. Oh, God, please take this away from me. Oh, God, it's so hard. Oh, it's, you know, please help me, Lord. Please help me, Lord. But then he gave a parable about how we should act when we're about to faint. Uh, and, and so he, the, the point that he wanted me to, to make this morning about this particular story is uh, what is the lady's uh, attitude in dealing with the judge? Uh, and, and so it says, there was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. Did she fall at his feet, begging and pleading with tears? Uh, please help me. Please. Nobody else will help me. No. Uh, number one, what was, the what was the job of the judge? He was to, to bring justice, right? And if, and if avenging was necessary to, to fulfill justice, then that's what he should do. So she was just asking him to do the very thing that he's called to do, right? So he wasn't asking him to do something that he wasn't called to do. It wasn't his job to do. She was saying, hey, it's your job to do this. You do this. Uh, and uh, so no begging, no crying, no pleading, no, no, no tears shed, you know, trying to, uh, you ever had people try to move you by their emotions, right? Uh, I remember when my kids were little, they'd, you know, uh, they'd come in the house and they'd want something, they'd beg, you know, dad, please, please, please. And, and I just like, we don't beg. You can, if you want something, you ask. That's how it works. When we want something from the Lord, we just ask. We don't beg. Uh, because we're not beggars. We're not paupers. We're children of the Most High God. We don't beg God for things. Uh, we ask the Lord. Jesus said, ask. He didn't say beg. Uh, and so, uh, and he says, he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Uh, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own? which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, uh, shall he find faith on the earth. So we get out of the fainting by faith. Amen. We get out of the fainting by going, Lord, this is what's going on. Uh, and here's, here's the help that I need. Uh, and, uh, and I'm asking you to do that. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so she did, uh, we look at the example of this widow. And there, there was no trying to use her emotions to get the job done. She just went and said, your job is to judge. Your job is to avenge me. And that's what I need you to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we really go to the Lord the same way. We say, Lord, here's what your word says. Here's what you said you would do. And here's what I need you to do uh, in regards to that. So sometimes people say you're bossing God around with that attitude. But you're not, you know, you're not bossing God around. You're just, Lord, you said this. This is what I want you to do. You know, in our day-to-day -day lives, uh, that's how we operate, right? If someone says, hey, I'll be there on Tuesday, what do you expect? You expect them to be there on Tuesday. Uh, you know, I was dealing with a fellow just the other day, and, and uh, he's all mad at me because I said, you know, hey, you didn't do this job. Well, you know, uh, what's wrong? Uh, you know, so what are you going to do? I said, yeah, but you said you would. I didn't say you would. I said there was three witnesses besides me uh, or including me that heard you say you'd get this thing done, uh, and I'm, all I want you to do is just do what you said you would do. That's all. I'm, I'm not asking you to do something more. I'm not changing anything. You said you'd have it done, and it's not done. 
uh, and all the wind left out of his sails. And he said, well, you're right. Uh, and which was a good, a good movement for him, right? He actually moved, uh, you know, further along in his life because of that. Because a lot of people just, even though they say that they still be like, yeah, but you know, something came up and whatever. And you know, he actually acknowledged that, yeah, he had said it. And, and so all I was asking him to do is what he said he would do. And when we go to the Lord, all we ask the Lord to do is what he said he would do. If he would deliver us from all evil, then what do we expect the Lord to do? Deliver us from all evil, right? Isn't that what he said, right? Uh, and so, I mean, there's many scriptures, many promises to the Lord. So uh, what happens many times is we will faint because we don't think the Lord will come through. Uh, and that's why we pray. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we pray. Uh, and so let's turn over to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. So it turns out there's a lot of reasons why we faint in life and uh, according to the word of God. And so I thought we'd be good just to go through some of the reasons why the word of God says people faint. And if you are aware that you may faint because of these things, then that's that's a good thing to, to have uh, in your in your knowledge, in your thought life. That, hey, I need to be careful because if I'm not aware, I could faint in this situation. Uh, and so in this case, Paul is talking about in Second Corinthians chapter four. Uh, he says uh, in verse one, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, have we, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Uh, and so uh, he in the in the ministry, it's easy to faint. Uh, and they say, uh, you know, I don't know where the statistic comes from. They say most churches uh, uh, will fail in the first five years. If they're, if they're going to fail, they're going to fail in the first five years. And a lot of churches do. Uh, you've seen churches just come and go and come and go. Uh, and because um, uh, people faint. In fact, I talked to a pastor one time. Uh, he wanted to go out to, to lunch with me, and so we went out to lunch. He said, well, I'm thinking about, you know, closing my church down and opening up another church over in this other city. So I said, why is that? Well, they won't support me. You know, they won't, they won't give offerings. They won't come to my special meetings, you know. Uh, I can't get them to help on the church. Uh, and, and so I'm just going to close it down. Uh, and what do you think? Well, you know, don't ask me what I think because, you know, uh, unless you want to know what I think. And so I told him, I said, well, you know, all that really matters is what's the will of God. Does God want you to be up on that, that old knob on the hill and preach to two snaggletooth old women the rest of your life? If that's the will of God, then, then what's it matter, right? If you're in a perfect will of God, what's it matter? All that matters is the will of God. Nothing else really matters, amen? Uh, and, and so uh, <clears throat> I wasn't his biggest fan after that you know and so he or he wasn't my biggest fan after that you know in fact we didn't have much of a relationship after that in fact I got in trouble because somebody else that knew him wasn't happy that I told him that uh, uh, because they said well it was my idea for him to do that and I'm thinking well then you're both out of the will of God because just uh, what's it matter if if no one shows up and the Lord tells me to come to church and preach anyway then I'm going to preach to a chair if that's what it takes right I mean What's, what's the will of God? Now, if the, if the will of God is to be there for a season, and sometimes it was, Paul was certain places for a season, that's fine. But uh, you don't just quit because, you know, enough people didn't come out and swept the floor, you know. Uh, uh, people didn't, you know, give me a big enough offering. And I mean, uh, if you are the reason why I'm here, we're all in big trouble, right? Uh, I'm here because the, the Spirit of God wants me here. Uh, and I thank God for all of you, Amen. And I, and I don't pine over those who are not here. I'm thankful for those that are here. Amen. Uh, and so it, it's just, uh, 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 he fainted in this ministry. Now, he didn't think he did, but he had, because he couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't take them not supporting him anymore. 
He couldn't take being out in the middle of nowhere anymore. He wanted to be in a big city, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a, you know, a prosperous area. He didn't want to preach to a bunch of poor people and, you know, a backwoods people. He wanted to preach to important, fancy people, you know. And, and well, last time I checked, everybody needs the Lord, right? Fancy people need the Lord. Poor people need the Lord. Everybody needs the Lord, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I was talking to a fellow uh, the other day. He goes to a friend of mine's church down in, in uh, near Atlanta, actually near Augusta, Augusta, Georgia. And um, uh, he said, I went to that church. Uh, Lord said, go to that church. He said, get there. And I said, this is your church. And so he said, I told the pastor, I'll be there till forever, you know, uh, because that's the will of God. I said, you know, that's pretty rare, right? Because uh, 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 a lot of people don't think that way. Uh, in, my, in my heart, all that matters is what's the will of God. Uh, and if he wants me to be here in Dayton, Tennessee, the rest of my natural life, I've told him many times, Lord, I'll be here. I'll, I will breathe my last breath in Dayton, Tennessee, if that's what you want. Amen. Uh, and I'm good with it uh, because if I'm in the will of God, everything else is fine. I'll be the healthiest, happiest, pros- most prosperous. I'll be if I'm in the perfect will of God. Amen. If I get out of the will of God, well, I'm going to go chase, you know, a bigger church or whatever. Uh, because I want a bigger building or bigger whatever, bigger playground, you know. Uh, maybe I want a running track or life center, you know, and p- play basketball. Or, you know, Lord, I'm just so mad I don't have that, you know. And, I mean, whatever, right? Uh, and so, so you can faint sometimes in the ministry. And we're in uh, chapter 4, uh, just come down to a couple more verses there. Uh, in verse 16, for which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He calls it the light affliction. In fact, uh, hold your place there. We're going to come back to that over in Romans chapter 8. We can see here what he says. Uh, he said in verse 18, For I reckon, so Paul was a good Tennessee fellow, right? I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So what did Paul, did Paul ever suffer at all? He had a pretty easy ministry, right? Everybody loved him, gave him big offerings all the time, you know, and took care of him. Uh, no, what'd they do? They beat him, stoned him, right? Said bad things about his mama. I mean, all kinds of things, right? He said, the, the whole, all my countrymen have left me. You know, I've had friends leave me, but I've never had an entire country leave me. Have you had an entire country leave you? You know, day and the night in, in, the, in the deep, right? I mean, he's got several lists in different places uh, of things that he suffered. Uh, and yet, what did he call them? Light afflictions. You know, uh, I mean, sometimes we'll make them a mountain out of a molehill, right? Oh, it's so hard. I mean, it, my life is so hard. I was driving through town and the light turned red. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, you know. And I mean, we'll take the smallest affliction and make it a huge affliction, right? Oh, it just, uh, I, I was talking to a lady one time uh, and um, uh she, she, had a, she worked at a bank, right? So, I mean, pretty cushy job. It's inside. It's air-conditioned. You get to sit down most of the time, deal with money. I mean, you know. But every week, it's, oh, it's so hard. You know, it's so hard, you know. And, uh, and I'm thinking, uh, but you work at a bank. You know, if you was digging a ditch by hand. You know, years ago, we went to Africa, and they were, they, these folks were building a church. Uh, and uh, so step number one, build a church. You've got to build a footer, right? So you build a footer. Well, they had one of those pickaxes they was digging the footer with. You know, it was, a, it was about as big as this room, this sanctuary right here, the, the footer right all the way around, by hand, in the middle of the day, uh, with a pickaxe. 
And it probably took them a month just to dig the footer, right? I mean, you got to, it's so hot. It was, it was easily over 100 degrees. And, you know, sometimes I could just burst into flames if I'm not careful, you know, because I'm not exactly dark-skinned, right? So I have to be careful about being, getting out in the sunshine, you know. In fact, if you look at just the right angle, you can see right through me because I've got such fair skin. Uh, but these, just 100 degrees, hot. I mean, now that's, that's work, right? I mean, and happy happy to do it you know glad to be digging this footer for this church you know and, and um, uh, but I mean all the time my life is so hard you know uh, I work at this bank and, and and they talked about me I'm thinking that did they stab you or something too or you know poison you or shoot your dog or run over your cat or no they just said something mean about me that, that's it right they just they got mad because you got employee of the month yeah that, that that's your trials and tribulations they got mad at you because you got I mean, you know, I'm not trying to make light of it, but I'm, well, I'm kind of making light of it, you know, but, but I'm thinking, nobody's, nobody's throwing a rock at you, right? Nobody's beat you and put you in stocks and threw you in the bottom of the jail, or, you, you know, you went to work and got paid, and, and someone said something, that, you know, that, that you weren't happy with, and, uh, and no, I, didn't, I didn't say anything to her about it, you know, uh, I just let her, you know, I just, I'd encourage her, well, the Lord is good, right? The uh, Lord's, Lord's always got our back, Amen. Uh, I, I, I can't hook up with, you know, my life is so hard. I, I mean, as hard as any of us got it, anybody dug a, a footer for a church in the 100 degree weather with a pickaxe recently? Anybody got stoned or left in the in, in, shipwrecked in, in the ocean for a day and the night with sharks and monsters and things trying to eat you? And, uh, anybody thrown in a lion's den or the, the fiery furnace? Or, uh, I mean, you know. I mean, it's just, uh, Paul called them light affliction. Everything he dealt with, he called it a light affliction. In other words, it's just, it's just a thing. Well, Paul, tell me about that thing. Uh, um, uh, I guess, you know, yeah, they, they were kind of mad. Yeah. Well, how many times did they whip you? Uh, let's see, it was, uh, I mean, I think he a- I added up, there's like 195 uh, uh, stripes on his back that Paul got. Because uh, you, you can't do... Uh, uh, 30, you can't do 40 stripes because that's a death sentence, so they do 39, right, because they're legalistic. You know, they wanted, well, we'd go 39. So they could do 39 stripes, and so he did that uh, several times up to, up to like 195 stripes on his back. And he called it a light affliction, a light affliction. See, uh, how many times would we, we suffer uh, some minor setback in the ministry and we just fall to pieces? Yeah. Oh, I just can't take it anymore, you know. Uh, one, one minister said, I'd, I'd rather uh, uh, burn up than uh, burn out than wear out. Well, you don't have to do either one, right? I mean, you don't have to wear out and you don't have to burn out. Uh, you know, I, I've had, in fact, when, when, we, when we started the ministry here many years ago, we went and talked to some other pastors and, and looking back, I think maybe I just picked the wrong ones to, pa- to ask, to talk to, right? Just want to get some wisdom. Hey, you know, the Lord instructed us to start a church, you know, what do you all think? And one of the people, now I didn't even ask them this, they just came up to me and said, hey, I heard you're starting a church. Yeah, yeah, we're starting a church. And they said, and this was the pastor's wife. She said, I'm sorry. He said, I, I, I'd do anything else in the world besides start a church, you know. I thinking, really, you know. And we talked to this one pastor and his wife, you know, and the pastor had some good things to say. And he said, well, honey, what do you think? She said, well, I've been a pastor's wife for 23 years. I've hated it for 23 years. I'm thinking, well, how could you hate being in the will of God? How could, I mean, if you're in the will of God, it's got to be the best thing ever, Right? And I believe they were in the will of God, but, uh, you know, she didn't like it. She was not happy for 23 years. That's tough right there, right? I talked to another pastor. He said, well, if, I, if he'd asked me a year ago, I'd say, don't ever be in the ministry. Said, wow, that's, 
that's really tough. So what's going on? They've all fainted, right? In the ministry, for this cause, we faint not, right? For these light afflictions. And see, what, what happens in the ministry, it's really easy. If you're not careful, it's really easy to take slights that people do against you and, and to allow that bitterness to, to fester and stick around and, and get jaundiced towards people. And, oh, it's just them again, you know. Oh, you know, people, you know, I can't stand people. I mean, you know, you get to where you don't even like people. And, uh, and, and you wake up one day, like, why am I even doing this, right? Uh, I listened to a, a testimony about this, uh, uh, this one lady. She went to this one church and, and left and got married, went to another church, and, and realized, having gone to the other church all this time, she, she uh, wasn't even saved. So she accepted the Lord, got saved, and they were visiting back at the other church and got to talking to the pastor. Uh, and, and uh, Pastor, do you know, do you know the, the Lord Jesus? Do you know him as your personal Savior and Lord? She, and, he, and he said, and this is the pastor. He said, uh, is that possible? Can people do that? You can have a personal relationship with the Lord? Uh, and she led her ex-pastor to the Lord, <laughs> which would be, you know, be really easy to, to uh, faint if you're not saved, right? Dealing with, because, you know, it's, it's not the easiest job in the world because uh, you've got uh, 99% of people, awesome, wonderful people, saints of God, 1% of people, you know, probably less than that, mean and ornery, you know, you've got to deal with that, right? Uh, and so uh, it, it's just it's part of the job, amen? Uh, so uh, for this cause, we faint not for our light afflictions. So if you could see your afflictions as being light, whatever God's called you to is good. Amen. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter four, when he, just after he was talking to the woman at the well and they brought food to him and he said, Jesus, eat. What did he say? He said, my meat or my strength is to do the will of my father. See, doing the will of the father should cause you to be stronger, not weaker. Right. Sometimes people do the will of God and they get weaker. Well, maybe they're not in the will of God or maybe they are, but they don't want to be there. Right. Uh, and I remember years ago, when I was with my pastor, we'd have this evangelist. He'd come through about once a year. I thought he was a pretty good evangelist. Uh, and, and then uh, one year he came and said, well, he said, my wife doesn't like me traveling so much, so tomorrow I'm a pastor. And he was a pretty good evangelist, but, you know, I don't think, could, I mean, I don't know how you'd be a very good pastor if you were, you know, supposed to be an evangelist, right? Especially, you know, uh, thus saith the wife, right? Thou shalt be a pastor. Uh, and so, for which cause we faint not. Right. Uh, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. So there it is easy in the ministry. Many ministers, you know, aren't even with the Lord anymore. Uh, many ministers, you know, will walk away from this ministry and, and, and walk away from the Lord. And, you know, will they make it to heaven? Well, I hope they do. I mean, I, you know, I'm not their judge. So that's between them and the Lord. But I wanted to read uh, uh, verse 16, Second Corinthians 4, 16 and, and a few other verses, because I, I like the way some of the verses uh, translations uh, write it there in the Amplified. It says, therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted and weary, wearied out through fear. Uh, and, and it's verse 17 for our light momentary affliction. This slight distress of the passing hour is even more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations of vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. I guess that is amplified, isn't it, right? Uh, one tradition says, wherefore, we do not give up trying. Uh, one says, there is, there is no thought of fatigue or failure or surrender here. 
no thought of fatigue or failure or surrender here. And, and that's the thing that is uh, in the ministry, anything you're called to, because it's not just, you know, the fivefold ministry, but, you know, all Christians are called to the ministry, right? We're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. So all Christians have a ministry, whether it's behind the pulpit or not. You all have a ministry. Everyone has a ministry. Uh, and so if you're not careful, uh, you, will, you will allow thoughts of fatigue or failure or surrender to, to grow in your mind. Lord, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't. Not one more day, Lord. I can't do it one more day. Well, that's, that's a thought of fatigue, right? And the step after thoughts of fatigue is surrender. I'm just going to quit it. I'm just going to quit it all, Lord. I just, I can't, I, I can't take it anymore. As if the power of God is a limit, amen? There's no limit to the power of God. But anything you're called to, how many marriages have ended because of fatigue? I just can't, I just can't live with them anymore. I, I just can't take it anymore. Well, why are you taking it anyway? I thought you're supposed to cast all your cares upon the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so there is no thought of fatigue or failure or surrender here. Uh, one tragedy says, that is why we do not let ourselves become sad about our work. I like that. That's, uh, that's a little bit of a stretch there, but it's still a pretty good rendition of that verse. We do not allow ourselves to become sad about our work. And, and a lot of people do that, you know, and I have met people in a ministry pastors and other ministers who become sad about their work you know that one pastor i told you he had become sad about his work that he would go and there was no joy to stand before his own people there was only sadness to stand before his people uh, and that's sad right because a shepherd is supposed to be a shepherd over his sheep right to love his sheep and to desire good things for his sheep uh, and so uh, one uh, the last translation says um, therefore we do not fail in heart do not fail in heart. And that's what fainting means, to fail in heart. Amen? Uh, and so it's just something to be aware of that in the ministry, there will be opportunities to faint. There will be temptations to faint. There will be desire sometimes. It just, why am I here? Why am I doing this? You, you know, uh, uh, many times, uh, one of the reasons why I love Brother Hagin's ministry, because he would travel around the country. And, and sometimes it would be, you know, just two people in the service. Uh, and he would leave the, the, the service sometimes in tears and just, Lord, you know, I know you've given me all this revelation, uh, but we're not going to get this revelation out by preaching to two people. Uh, and it, so he, he wasn't wanting to quit the ministry. He was wanting to get the revelation that the Lord had given to him out in a, in a bigger way. Uh, but even after 30 years in the ministry, he was still, he didn't have an office. After 30 years in the ministry, didn't have an office, didn't have staff, didn't have a secretary, still doing everything his, on his own. Uh, and it wasn't until he was in ministry for 30 years until he had his own office, until he had staff. Uh, I had an office the first day we started the church. You know, I was ahead of Brother Hagen, right? Uh, and so not that I'm trying to compete with Brother Hagen, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, and, but if I didn't have an office, I wouldn't be like, oh, I don't have an office, you know. I don't think I'm going to make it in life. I don't have an office, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, but it, it will come to all of us. Whatever you're called to do, the weariness of your calling will come to your life. And you'll have to decide, are you going to faint or are you going to press in? Uh, uh, wherefore, men ought always to pray and to faint not. And when you feel that, that sadness rising up in your soul, soul, why art thou cast down? Hope thou in the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, re remind yourself about those things. Amen. Let's turn over to, to, uh, to we're in 2 Corinthians, so just one more book over to the book of Galatians. 
in chapter 6, it says uh, in verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we, what? Faint not. Uh, and so now this is not talking about your ministry. This is just talking about your, your, your walk with the Lord as a Christian, as a child of God. Uh, you ever done good and just feel like, you know, why, why, you know, why am I doing all this? It's not helping anybody or, you know, uh, I'm just so tired of always giving, giving, giving. Uh, it, it, and, and, you know, nobody's given to me. Uh, he said, do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. One of the things in, in the church that we need to remind ourselves is, uh, you know, the Lord sees everything you do. You know that, right? You know, he sees everything. And I'm not talking about bad things. I'm just talking about, the, you know, if you're called of God and, and as Christians, we're all called of God. But if you're just doing the will of God, whatever it is, you know, being good to your neighbors, being good to your family, being good to uh, people at work, whoever it is, uh, that's well doing, right? Uh, and helping people out. Uh, and and uh, if we would remind ourselves that the Lord will always take care of us, right? Uh, and, and one of the stories that I like over in, uh, in Mark chapter 10, where Peter, uh, they were talking about the, the rich young ruler, right? This is right after the rich young ruler. Uh, and um, Peter said in verse 28, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And his, his tone there was, you know, uh, what about us? Uh, you know, you said, you said that uh, even rich people can't get into heaven. It's really hard for them. He said, you know, we're not rich, but we've left everything and followed you. You know, is there anything in there for us? Uh, are we going to be taken care of? And what did Jesus say? He said, verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's but he shall receive a hundredfold. Now, in this time, uh, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands and with persecutions. And we don't like that part right there. If, you know, maybe we get the, the new version, get that taken out of there, right? Uh, in the world to come, eternal life. So is there value in serving the Lord? Is there value in doing good? Is there value in doing good without fainting and without being weary? There is, because the Lord says, whatever you do, if I've called you to do that thing. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, some people have kind of a martyr mentality. You ever notice that? It's like their, their life has to be harder than everybody else's life, no matter what it is. Not the will of God. It just, it's always competing. Oh, you think you got it bad. I got it worse than you, right? You think you work, you know, 40 hours. I work 41. You know, it doesn't matter what you got. They got it, you know, one, one more worse, right? I stubbed my toe. I stubbed three. Uh, you know, whatever it is, it always seems like it's got to be the worst in their case, right? Uh, yeah, uh, my mom got mad at me. My mom, my stepmom, my grandmother, and my aunt all got mad at me, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it's always, no matter what, they, no matter what you got going on, theirs is worse, right? Uh, and and uh, so I'm not talking about people like that. I'm talking about people that are in the will of God, doing what they know to do, as far as God's telling them to do, helping out, doing whatever they're supposed to do. Uh, and and um, uh, sometimes uh, they'll be tempted to faint. Sometimes they'll be weary in well-doing. Uh, and Paul said that we, we will reap in due season. And isn't that what Jesus said to Peter? But the, when did he say that you would reap? Now in this time, right? So everything you do is not just for heaven. Now we, we do things for heaven, right? We're supposed to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And we should, right? We should always have our eyes towards heaven. Lord, whatever I do, you're going to reward me for all this. Either here or there, but somewhere you're going to reward me for that, right? And Jesus said right now in this life and in, in you know, life eternal, You'll have eternal life, right? Uh, but you're also uh, you're going to be blessed here on this earth. 
Now, that's, you know, that's part of the prosperity message, which some people in the church despise, but I didn't write it. You know, Jesus wrote it. In fact, he said a hundredfold. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, I, I know that you give me a hundredfold, but I don't know that I want a hundredfold children. I mean, you know, I mean, I got three and I thought three was a lot, you know, and uh, you want me to give me a hundredfold, you know, 300 children. I mean, you know, uh, uh, that's a lot, you know, can, can we negotiate on that, right? And, you know, is there something else? Is there like, you know, substitutions, right? Can we do maybe like 300, you know, Big Macs or something instead? And, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm just being facetious there, but, uh, you know, hundredfold land, you know, I, you know, I mow an acre a lot right now. I don't, Lord, I don't want to mow 100 acres, you know? I mean, I, my dream is to have 100 acres. I don't want 100 acres. You, get, you got 100, you got to mow 100 acres, right? Uh, I want a bigger house. I don't know if I want a bigger house. If I get a bigger house, I got to, I got to vacuum a bigger house, right? And then I have to get a riding vacuum cleaner and all that stuff. Now, I don't, you know. Now, some people like it. Fine. I got nothing. You know, you do whatever you want. You want 100, you know. I remember uh, Dr. Dufresne said, I always wanted a, a ranch in Colorado, a ranch in Colorado. He finally got him a ranch in Colorado. He, you know, he didn't get to enjoy it very long before he went home to be a Lord. I don't want a ranch. If I got a ranch in Colorado, I could go there. I got to fix the, I got to plow the North 40, right? Fix the fence on the, on the lower 40. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just sounds like work to me, right? Uh, there's a lot of other things. Now, some people love, he loved it. I'm glad he loved it, right? Glad he got it. You know, I'd, I'd rather, you know, uh, uh, Lord, uh, is there, is, is there some substitutions we can make here? Right. Uh, you know, uh, that's just between me and the Lord, right? But, but the, the point is, don't ever be weary in well-doing. Don't ever, don't ever quit uh, in, in doing whatever God's called you to do. Know that whatever God's, you know, nobody ever sees me, Lord. The Lord sees you. The Lord sees every single thing you do. And if you're in the will of God, even if no human being acknowledges it, you will be blessed because you're doing it. Now, in this life, Jesus said now, right? Paul said, uh, you will reap in due season if you faint not. Now, see, that's the issue right there. How many people have been a day away from reaping and they fainted? And then there's no, there's no reaping, right? Because you're out of the will of God. Uh, and so uh, for us, uh, again, what did Jesus say? Men ought always to pray and what? Faint not, right? Uh, so if you're getting, if you're getting in that, that point of time. Now, see, some people, I don't know, they just, uh, they, they, just they have uh, commitment phobia. You ever seen that? Uh, you know, they don't want to help at a church. Well, you know, I don't, want, I don't, want, I don't like people depending on me. Man, I want everybody to depend on me because faithfulness uh, is where everything is at. Faithfulness to whatever God's called you to do. Faithfulness. I want to, Lord, whatever you want me, whatever you have me in front of me, I'm going to be as faithful as I possibly can. And I ran sound for 20 years for my pastor, right? 20 years. Most sound men don't make it a year or two, right? Because you get chewed up, spit out, and run over, and, and stabbed in the back, and said bad things about. And if everything's perfect, nobody acknowledges you. They all say the singer, the, it was all the singers and musicians. They didn't have nothing to do with it. It's all the sound man, right? He does everything. Uh, it's not really true, but, uh, but uh, you know, sound man's not... If you want to learn how to, to uh, suffer a little persecution, light afflictions, go be a sound man for a while, right? With a big group of people. With musicians, right? Musicians are always interesting people. Uh, and so, got nothing against musicians, you know. I, I desire to have, you know, a hundred of them if we, if we can. No problem there at all, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so it, whatever God's called you to do, be faithful over that. Amen. And don't be afraid of, you know, uh, just some people just really afraid of, of committing to the Lord. Uh, I remember uh, one lady years ago, we were talking about something and she said, well, you know, I don't want to actually run anything. I just want to get it started and give it to somebody else. So I just want to I just want to have come up with the ideas and let somebody else do the work. And I didn't say anything. Like, That's the laziest thing I think I've ever heard. Uh, and I've had people come tell me, well, you know, you need to start a soup kitchen. 
Praise God. Who's going to run it? I'm not going to run. You're going to run a soup. I'm not going to run a soup kitchen. I'm the pastor, right? I'm not that I'm too good to run a soup kitchen, but if I'm doing that, it takes a lot of work to cook soup. And besides that, ask Jerry. Soup is not my, my strong point to cook, right? I'll open up a can of Dintymore beef stew, right? And, and thinking that's, a, that's an upgrade. And, and Jerry's just like, no, we don't do Dintymore, you know? And, uh, and so, uh, but, you know, they didn't want to run a soup kitchen. They want to tell, tell me to run a soup kitchen. And, and like, well, but I'm not called to run a soup kitchen. I'm called to preach the gospel. And, you know, now if you're called to run a soup kitchen, praise God. You know, we, we set you up a little corner spot in the church and let you run a soup kitchen, right? Uh, and so, uh, uh, but some people just have a hard time committing because uh, they don't want the faithfulness. They don't want to train themselves to be faithful. They don't want to train themselves to, I am going to stick with it till the, you know, I'm going to say the bitter end, but, you know, that's just a, a, a statement there. I'm going to stick with it to the very end and never quit. Uh, and that's why you all can't get rid of me. I, I'm here to the, to the end. You know, you, if you all got mad at me today and just got up and walked out, I'd be, praise God, you know, uh, we'll, you know, just keep on going. And, you know, all the wonderful people, right? You know, you know I think I got the best people in the whole world. Uh, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing whatever I'm doing. I'm not doing it because of the accolades of men, because people love me. You know, you've heard all my stories with my pastor. You know, I was a sound man for my pastor. And, and uh, the first... Ten years were days of heaven on the earth, and last ten years were not so good, right? Uh, and, and then he passed. Uh, and so, but I was there till the day he died. I was there at his, at his bedside the day that he died. Uh, and so, uh, I wasn't going to give it up because God had called me there. And, and, you know, I think back on that, and, and you know, I wouldn't be, uh, I just think about where would I be uh, if I had quit? You know, uh, it was not an easy ministry to be in. Yeah, it was, you know, he, uh, the pastor was very, he had a hard time with, with uh, trusting people. In fact, the Lord said that the, the majority of problems in the ministry are because the pastor won't trust anybody. And, and you go talk to him about that. Well, I'm going to go, no, I'm not going to go talk about that, Lord. You go talk about that. Uh, and, and we had to negotiate. We had to negotiate that, that deal there. Uh, and, it was, and it was months before he passed, you know. And, uh, and, uh, but it, it was, he got to where he wouldn't trust anybody at all. Uh, and, and so, uh, but the Lord had called me there. And, and, I, and I've talked to so many people that, that quit. Uh, in fact, I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, why did you even have me there? Because I wasn't, nobody listened to me. You know, I tried to help them. In, in fact, uh, the day that the Lord told me to leave the ministry, about five months after my, my uh, pastor died, uh, his exact words were, their hearts are fixed. Uh, it's time for you to go. In other words, I could, I could no longer, uh, there was no opportunity for me to help them. Before that, they hadn't fixed their hearts yet. You know, there was still an opportunity to change, still an opportunity to, to do right. But once they decided, this is where we're going, then the Lord said their hearts are fixed. So then, then, my, then my job's over, right? Uh, but uh, Lord, why'd you even have me there? Because I didn't help any of them, not a single one. He, and he said, I needed somebody to stay there long enough to give them an opportunity to repent. That's what he told me. He said, everybody else had left. Uh, and I talked to many people that left. And even to this day, they are still wounded. You could see the, the, the hurts and the, the heartaches and the heartbreaks in their life that they never, that never overcame. Now, they can. Even today, they could still overcome if they want to. But they, they were always diminished people. They were always less than they were when they were there because they fainted. It was not an easy place to be, but they fainted. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to, 
I'm not, I, you know, please don't think I'm thinking bad about them at all. I mean, it was nearly impossible to stay, wasn't it, Jerry? You know, it was so hard to stay. I mean, I mean they accuse you of everything in the world, you know. Uh, uh, and yet, the Lord needed somebody to stay and not faint. Uh, and, and I mean, there were, there were so many times I would be in my office in tears, just worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord, and just in prayer. Uh, and, and I didn't even have the revelation of Luke 18, 1 then. Uh, men ought always to pray and faint not. All I knew to do was pray. Sometimes I just, you know, one time I, I drove to Nashville, uh, a friend of mine in the ministry, and, and I didn't tell him anything was going on. So I just, I know, I know you know how to pray. I just need somebody to pray with. Just somebody to sit down and just pray for a couple hours. And we just prayed for a couple hours and, and then I went home. Uh, and he didn't know what I was going through, but I just, you know, I needed, I needed some help to pray. So, uh, because, uh, and, and all of that, I say that because uh, in due season we shall reap. So I think, where would I be if I'd fainted? What would I missed out on learning if I had fainted? Because see, you know, I thought I knew how to deal with my heart uh, and, and how to deal with conflict until real conflict came. Now, you can learn those things. You don't have to go through trauma. You don't have to go through difficulties to learn those things. But I learned them during those difficulties, during those times of difficulty. Uh, and, and one minister said, uh, you know, I wouldn't take a million dollars for the things that I learned through those, through those difficult years. I wouldn't take it. I mean, the things I learned, you know, nobody could hurt me anymore. Uh, not because I'm jaundiced and bitter and everything. It's because the Lord's my, the Lord's my keeper, you know. Uh, everybody else is an amateur in life, you know. I mean, I was, I was persecuted by experts. Uh, and so uh, I'm not jaundiced or bitter at all. Uh, and, and, and look forward to seeing my pastor when I get to heaven. Uh, not going there anytime soon, but uh, but uh, wouldn't take a million dollars for the things that I learned. Uh, but at the same time, I sure wouldn't take a million dollars to do it all again. You know, uh, and <laughs> there's no way. If they said, here's a million dollars, you know, here's the things you're going to suffer. It's like, mm, I think I'll pass, right? Uh, but I sure wouldn't give a million dollars for the things I learned because I wasn't going to faint. Uh, and, you know, part of that just, you know, is my makeup. I'm the youngest of 11. You know, I went through boot camp most of my life growing up, you know, got beat on and, and you know, uh, uh, attacked. We used to play, uh, anybody play pig pile? Uh, pig pile is when you're out in the yard and, and everybody looks at, you know, pig pile on chip. And then all, of, all the 10 of them jump on you, right? And, and then you're dying. I mean, you're suffocating. You're breaking a limb or, you know, something, or a rib or, you know, and, and they don't care. You can't breathe. Uh, and, and you really think you're going to die. And, and uh, that was what we did for fun, so... Uh, you know, that uh, uh, you, you kind of learn, you know, how to, how to put up with things, you know, in the natural world, and hopefully you can bring that on into, into the supernatural world. Uh, but, but we don't faint, amen? Uh, we're not going to faint. No matter what, we're going to be faithful to the end. Faithful all the way to the end so we can reap, amen? We want to reap all the things we've sowed. So, if you're, so whatever God's called you to do, be faithful. Don't faint. Don't give it up. And don't be afraid to be faithful. Don't be afraid to, uh, you, know, uh, you know, when I was with our pastor and we got married there, he'd married me and Chris in, in August of, of 1989 and I wasn't doing anything in the church. Uh, you know, she, she played the saxophone. Uh, so she was on the praise and worship team. I wasn't doing anything. So uh, I just went up to the pastor and said, hey, is there anything I can do? He said, well, what can you do? Uh, I, well, I said, uh, I, I noticed that your sound system is a mess. It's feedback all the time. You can't hear anybody. I said, I don't know anything about running sound, but the Lord's given me a grace to learn technical things, you know. I'd be glad to help that. If you want me to, I'd be glad to help back there. And he goes, all right, we'll go back to the sound booth, you know. And, and uh, so I sat down with the sound man. He kind of showed me some things, uh, you know. 
Second week, he quit, left the church, never came back. And I thought, was it something I said? I don't know, you know. And so then I was running sound for the, from then on. I sure wasn't gunning for his job, but just, you know, he just, maybe the Lord knew that. I don't know. And so uh, I didn't know anything about sound when I started, but I was faithful to learn. I read books about it and all kinds of stuff uh, and uh, stuck with it all the way. Because so, I'm not afraid to be faithful. I'm not afraid to, to, to do whatever the Lord's called me to do, whether it's in the natural world, in the spiritual world, in the ministry, in, uh, for church, or wherever. You know, I want to be the best employee, uh, the best boss, uh, most faithful Christian I could possibly be because I know I will reap. If, if I sow, I will reap. I know that if I'm faithful to the end and don't faint, I will reap. And I always had that confidence. I'm never afraid to, to, to give. I'm never afraid to give my time, my money. I'm not afraid to give who I am to anybody because I know I will reap. And there, I can't tell you how many people think, well, I got one over on him. I sure showed him. Didn't show me. I'm, I'm reaping all the time. I'm, if you take from me, I will reap uh, because I'll, I will sow it to your life. Uh, even if you take it from me, oh, Lord, I'll just give it to them. You know, they can just have it. Uh, and I'm always on the reaping side, always. And I will always be again. I'm not going to faint. Well, I'm not going to ever help anybody ever again. I never think that. Uh, I mean, uh, how many people, uh, you know, er, uh, all the people that ever come through the church for assistance, right? People walk down. We're on the main drag right here. People walk, come into church. Hey, can I get some help? Sure. What do you need? You know, and as you know, sometimes I help them. Sometimes I can't, depending on what the Lord wants to do. Every single one, I invite them to church. Every single one say they're coming. You know how many are coming right now? Zero. You know who I'm going to help the next time? Whoever tells the Lord tells me to help. Well, no, they never come to church. So what's that got to do with anything? I'm supposed to faint not. Uh, and just, well, I, none of them get help anyway, so I'm not helping them. Well, that's really jaundice, you know. That means, I, that means I'm never going to sow again. If I never sow, I'll never reap, amen? And, and so, what if, so what if they, they, they never come? They always say they come, every single one. You know, we helped a lady just a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I've been looking for a church. You ain't living looking for a church. You know, you say that. You know, you know, I don't, now, I don't, I don't have to believe any of them, right? Uh, I'm look, I've been looking for a church. You ain't been looking for a church. You know, you've been looking for a handout, right? And it's fine, but, but, you know, at least be honest about it. I don't want to go to church. I just need some money. Okay, that's fair, right? Uh, and so uh, we helped her out. Oh, yeah, I'll be there Sunday. She wasn't here Sunday, right? <laughs> now, I look for her. Uh, and I'm not mad that she's not here, I'm, you know, because the next one calls me up. If the Lord says help him, I'll, I'll help him out, right? Uh, I, I got no problems with that because I'm not going to faint at doing my job. Amen. So we can do it, can't we? Amen. Uh, and, and if the pressure to faint starts coming up, if that sadness starts rising up, what did Jesus say? Men ought always to what? Pray and faint not. Lord, I ain't fainting. You call me to do this. I'm not going to quit uh, because I'm going to reap. I, I'd rather reap than quit. Amen. Reaping is always way better than quitting, isn't it? Uh, uh, and so, but you have to decide that for yourself, amen? And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for blessing us. Father, you live on the inside of us. You strengthen us each and every day, Father, to accomplish your will, to accomplish your plan for our lives. And Father, you live big and strong within us. And everything you've called us to do, Father, you've equipped us. Everything you've asked us to do, Father, you provided your word and your spirit and the anointings and grace upon our lives to accomplish all of your will in this earth. That we are not lacking for power, Father. We're not lacking for revelation. You've given us everything we need, Father, to be successful. All you need from us is our desire to follow your will. So, Father, we will not faint. We will not be weary in well-doing. We will not be weary in the ministry. We will be not weary when we ask, Father. 
we will simply ask. You said this in your word. You promised to avenge us. So, Father, we're asking you to avenge us. Whatever your promise that we have need of, we will come to you boldly like the widow did and say, avenge me. Uh, do what you said you would do in your word. And, Father, you will. And we will not faint. And if we faint not, Father, we will reap because you're good and faithful and kind towards us. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Uh, in fact, the very last note of my Bible says, I'm never helping anyone again. That's, uh, <laughs> that's something you're not supposed to say, right? That's, I wrote that there to remind myself. Don't ever say those words. I'm never helping anybody ever again. Uh, and so, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Uh, is the Lord been good? Has the Lord been good to us? He has been, amen. And, and I'd encourage you to, now, if you weren't here Wednesday, um, go back and, uh, of course, you can order a CD. You can listen to it as a podcast. Um, you can watch the video online. So there's lots of different ways to, uh, to get to the service. But we were talking about um, uh, intercessory, inter- intercession and inter- intercessory prayer. Uh, and um, it was just a good, good message. And so um, if you get a chance, uh, go ahead and uh, listen to that message there. So come ahead, Mr. Jared. We just call this offering blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and so don't faint. Uh, if you really believe the Lord's going to come through, then there's never a need to faint, right? If you really believe you're going to get the reap uh, where, you, you, where you have sowed, then really there's never ever a need to faint because the Lord will take care of it. Amen. The Lord will always take care of you. Uh, and you know that pastor that I told you that left his church, um, he ended up, he, ended up did, he actually did leave. Um, you know, the Lord may have only had him there for a season. Uh, and then, you know, he might have moved him on. Because sometimes it happens, right? Sometimes you're there for a season. Or I said, you know, it's time for you to go on. Just like I told you when I was with my church. The Lord said, you know, their hearts are fixed. It's time for you to go. Uh, you know, that uh, he may have been there for a season, right? Uh, and remember, Jesus went to his own hometown. And he could there do no money works. The Lord still called him to go there. But he still, uh, uh, he still uh, went uh, but he was unable to help them. Uh, but he still went, didn't he? Amen. Uh, and so, uh, is the Lord your, uh, uh, your protector? Is he your provider? Then you will reap. Amen. So be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, Lord. And uh, don't forget, we have healing school today at 3 o'clock. And uh, we'll see you all later.